everybody to the Robert John on the Rec podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California that loves traveling the world, eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Henry. I'm Andrew. I'm Steve. I'm Robert. I'm Warren. And we did it. Did All it. five of us. Is this episode 123? One, two, three. I think so. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Right. 123 blabberings from this band. <laughs> we could theoretically do a live commentary today because we're all here, depending on how long Steve can stay on. <laughs> yeah, as long as I have service, man. It'll be good. It's okay. No one cares about the keyboard parts anyways. No. <laughs> oh, 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 shit. Welcome to being a bass player. <laughs> Don't even get me started on bass yeah. player jokes. <laughs> Steve, how's the road? Where are you calling from right now? It's good. I am currently hurtling through space and time on the five south. Uh, me and my girlfriend Kim left uh, Seattle this morning around uh, eight thirty in the morning, and uh, now we're a little bit south of Portland. Driving to San Francisco. Is she there with you, like in the passenger seat? She's yep. sleeping here. It was there. Hey. I can. Hey. Hey. I didn't mean it yeah, about so- that keyboard player, Jeff. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's good. We we played in Seattle last night at the Climate Change Arena. And uh Is that what it's called? Or, I it's Climate Something Arena. I've what? Climate Pledge Arena, not Climate Change Arena. <laughs> I was like, does it just get really cold yeah. all of a sudden or really hot all of a sudden in the arena? <laughs> it's, it's crazy, man. Like, whatever you think it's going to be, it's the opposite, you know? But no, it was, it was great, man. We uh, killer show last night. We had two in a row, played in Portland and then Seattle. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Got to uh, meet up briefly with, uh, with our good buddy Skylar Mihal and the Reverend Matthew Rieger. Uh, yeah. um, after the show, and and uh, it's really good seeing those guys, and just had a had a quick drink together, and and a squeeze, and and uh, it was it was great, man. Like I haven't seen either of them in person since Skyler's wedding in summer 2019, and it was like zero time had passed. You know, it was really nice, just fucking lots of laughs and some uh, Seattle semi sweet uh, dry cider. There you go. Amazing. As always, we went to uh, to Hattie's. Nice. Over there next to the tractors. So it was it was just a uh, and it was just us and like there's two other people in the bar. And uh, so it was nice to just have a little sit down and get to catch up and stuff. Was, you're saying beautiful. you're saying it wasn't a popping Monday evening in Seattle? No, man. It was it was nice and chill just the way that we all like it, you know, in our old age. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, man. Yeah, and the last last week has been great. I uh, went down uh, once we got to Portland. I flew down to the bay, had dinner with the family, stayed the night, and then drove my car up. And Kim's here through uh, through the Anaheim show, so we're we're just road tripping the West Coast together and, and everything. It's lovely, very nice. nice. Nice, yeah, man. Henry, how was your week, bro? It's been great. Um, we let's see what happened. What's going on? What was, I have to look at the calendar. We played, this <laughs> played some shows. We did play this weekend. <laughs> I'm I was going to say, did you guys like have a show? <laughs> we did. Uh, we You're had wearing a, a t-shirt or something. We, we had a did this well. Weekend, hold so. on, dude. Okay, I'm going to get to that. Well, you were asking what we did. <laughs> you okay. can't say what did I do, and then we start pointing out what you did and get mad at us. Well, then I won't even talk then. God, jeez, yeah. bro. God. We do this every time. We can't have a podcast. Though. Well, we we can't have a podcast without getting into an argument about something, I guess. <laughs> guess that means we're in a band. Um, we no, did... I really want to hear about your weekend, though. Tell me about your weekend. Well, now that sounds passive-aggressive. Now that you asked me, I don't want to do it. <laughs> uh, I hope uh, other people we have fun. We have fun. We have fun. We're just having fun. We're just having fun. 
they're like, they fun. really, uh, they're like, uh, cannot get along. We're having fun. We're having fun. No, we did, we did, uh, what is it? We did that rehearsal on Thursday, and then that was rehearsing for uh, Field Trip Fest, which was on uh, Saturday. And we had all the friends there. My girlfriend came. Everybody got to meet her. It was super cool. Um, it was a really great time. Um, had a great weekend and hung out at Dosen afterwards. And uh, yeah, very, very cool, cool things and cool times. And, and actually funny that you said that earlier. Uh, my girlfriend was listening to the podcast and she was like, it's funny how you and Andrew are always get into an argument during the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so shout out to Sierra. She thinks it's funny. um and then let's see uh monday last night uh we went and saw neil francis at the teragram downtown la and i threw together a little impromptu crew for that which included myself and andrew and our buddy Derek wong and uh man amazing fucking show I like I knew it was going to be good, but it was like it totally exceeded all expectations I had for it. And um, I was explaining this uh, at the show and, and kind of afterwards it was like the, the records he makes. I've featured Neil's music on the podcast a few times now. And um, I love the production. You know, there's so many layers and it has that like 70s kind of thing going on to it. Very retro sound, but still with, you know, uh, a modern sort of take on it to a degree, uh, but very retro authentic. And you get to the show and he's got all these old keyboards, you know, this beat up B3 and like a Honer clavinet with a with the bar and stuff so he was like soloing on that oh he's got the whammy clav nice. yeah yeah he was he did a Look bunch of solos up. on the whammy clav and and i heard them and i was like oh my god that's not even a guitar in the recording that's a clav like it's like on the recording it's it they're solos that sound like guitars and i'm like oh my god that's a clav solo the whole time and then that's he awesome. had a whole neil, what's up neil and uh and, and locky doley that that uh Oh yeah, yeah. Killing the game with the with the whammy clap, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking amazing. Um, it's super crazy to watch live too. Um, but he had a crazy rig. He had the the clav on top of a B three, and then he had a whole other rig set up that was I think it was like a Yamaha CP seventy, like an old Yamaha CP seventy piano, and then a uh, a little mini like synth rig on top of it, and he kept doing cool like cool double keyboard things while singing lead vocals. And it was like totally insane to watch. Um, and just very, like very authentic. And basically uh, the recordings are, you know, authentic from a production standpoint, there's like horns and, and uh, layers of keyboards and things like that. And then what's it What uh, like, like live, it's just like the energy level is just through the roof. It's just completely incendiary. And the drummer's throwing in crazy fills and the bass player's throwing in crazy fills and they're doing ad-lib vocals and things like that and amping up and, and pushing tempos and things like that, pushing dynamics to the ceiling. And um, I was totally floored by it. And I got this sweet yellow T-shirt. So shout out to Neil Francis. Amazing show last night at the Terragram in LA. Uh, big fan. And it totally exceeded my expectations. Um, and with that being said, how about you, Andrew? Yeah, it was really good. We were at the Terragram two weeks ago with, or I was at the Terragram two weeks ago or whenever that was, the Krasno show with Derek. And it was a really good sounding room. And that was a, you know, a good show. And then this is like on a whole nother level. Uh, his opener, what was his opener's name again? Kendra Morris. She I was believe- phenomenal. Yeah, she, she was she had, great. Was yeah. And three background singers doing, um, uh, it's hard to describe. What would you say it is, Henry? Like, uh, it was funky for sure. It was like funky kind of R and B influenced. And then there were like pop melodies. I would, I would put it in the same category genre wise as Neil Francis. Like it definitely had a retro influence mm-hmm. to it and a lot of like old school, like funk grooves, but it was just more vocal heavy basically. And less, um, less like, intense on the jamming side of things yeah it's definitely way more heavy as far as featuring her as a vocalist and the mix was crazy like uh it it, what happens with bands sometimes is like uh whoever's mixing in the back lets the band take up too much space and then there's no much no more room left for background vocals and there were four background or three background vocalists on stage and the lead singer is doing a lot of a lot 
and they let those people shine and it didn't look like the band you know was making any compromises as to how they were playing or anything they were still playing loud and intensely and it just was it was awesome and it was crazy it was, it was mixed amazing and then yeah, the uh, mix great. yeah neil was uh also killing it and uh I felt bad for everyone else in his band because usually when you get to take up a certain frequency range, it, it was like he was doing it for all the keyboard players out there where you can hear his keyboards like, you know, over everything else. Fucking yeah. finally. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the bass was sort of in the background of the keyboards on the low end side. And then the guitar was like just almost like lining up with everything that he was doing. So they were playing a lot of synchronized parts. You Especially with the clav. The yeah. Especially and the guitar the player was phenomenal. He yeah, would have he was his great. moments and like just be slaying them. So, um, but it really felt like a uh, this is a drums and keyboard show, and then these two other guys are here for support. And I mean that in the most neutral way possible because they were totally. destroying. It was everybody like, was uh, fucking you know, killing it. Yeah, but, uh, everybody those was keyboards amazing. were on top of everything, and uh, it's it was funny to watch him play the uh, the mini moog or whatever synthesizer on top because it was taking like. The super Everything. low, low frequency yeah. spectrum that, and it filled the room. Every time he hit it, it was like an 808 kick or yeah, something. It was like, boom. Rap <laughs> and it, it was, was louder than everything was in the whole set. So when he hit that thing, he only hit it when it was like a peak of something right that. So if you're taking drugs or something, you know, and you hear that like 808, like low ass frequency range coming, that's when you're like, oh my God, you know? So that was like way louder than anything in the bass range of the whole show. And it, he would like, you know, the first time he hits it, you're like, holy fuck. And then he'd be doing double lines with the bass, uh, with, with the synthesizer and then still playing, you know, like solos or playing whatever else is going on. And, uh, I I've heard the records too, and they're great. And then they're, they're their own thing. And the live show is its own beast. And, I feel like uh, it had to do with the records, but it was its own live show. And they took things to different levels and like had long, fun jams and just like knew how to keep the energy up and stuff like that. It was great. It was one of the best shows I've really seen in a long, long time there. And uh, yeah, the crowd was loving it. And yeah, they killed it. So that shit was awesome. Uh, Robert, what did you do this weekend? Well, besides being bummed that I didn't go to the show last night, apparently, <laughs> um, besides feeling like I missed out on the best thing in the world. Dad life, um, bro. The band. I invited everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I got other things going on. But, um, yeah, um, I'll, let, I'll let Warren talk about what we did during the week. But, um, yeah, on Saturday we got to play Field Trip Fest, which uh, – is is headed up by Dosen Brewery, and if you listen to this podcast more than one time, you know that uh, they're they're kind of like family. Uh, they are family to us, and so it was really nice to to be there. And um, we played there three years ago, and we we played like first or something like that, and we got to meet all these people who are awesome, and and uh, you know playing there like you know three three years later, and knowing everybody there, and, and feeling like you know we're a part of that family was really awesome to. Um, to headline it and, and just have a good time with everybody. Um, a portion of the show, I just felt like we knew literally everyone that was standing out there in the crowd um, to some extent, you know, and uh, we had uh, heritage barbecue was there, which I know we've talked about before as well, um, which was awesome to just, it just felt like a nice little community in Southern California. And we threw a massive party just because of that reason. So it was really nice. And uh, it was my son's first festival that he went to. Um, which he enjoyed greatly. Um, he already asked to go to Coachella and I said, no, cause I can't afford it, but, um, <laughs> it was great. We had a great time. Uh, it was great to play with Eric Roebuck. Um, it was great to play with the Cholulas and also great to play with the Dutt brothers who, uh, are good buddies of ours as well. And a big shout out to Docent for putting it on and making it all happen. Um, one of their coolers ended up in my, in my, in, yeah. Way to go guys. Yeah, uh, way to go, awesome. guys. One of the coolers ended up uh, in the van with some extra beer in it, so I am drinking one of those as well as uh, brought them to a little video shoot we did over the weekend that Warren can get into. But, um, yeah. Oh, I completely was, forgot about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> – Wow. Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what I uh, – Big weekend. kind of like all I, all I did. I mean, I uh, – yeah. 
and it was just a blast. And it was, it was a very long day in the sun. Um, there wasn't really any escaping the festival <laughs> itself. There wasn't a, a, a backstage green room or anything just to escape for a little bit. So it was just a lot of talking and a lot of in the sun all day. And then finally playing, you know, after all that's just, just its own endeavor and its own mission in and of itself. But um, it was all worth it. And it was all great to be uh, just surrounded by friends and family. So that was my weekend. Warren, how was... Sorry, Bruce says he wants to hear about norms. I also forgot that that happened this week. That, that's, I mean, we, yeah, we took, we took that's, last week off to do that. That's, that's what, what I was going to bring up. That's why I said Warren can talk about what we did during the week. I was like, talking about what we did the weekend. Come on, see, you guys, you're wearing. You gotta, you gotta do the eyebrow raise because otherwise, I did. Yeah, but you're wearing sunglasses. You can still see so my eyebrow. To, so you have to like do like a look at, look at, look at, look at. The re- during the week, you know, kind of like during that, the week. That, that's the I, can't, I can't see it. For see, everyone Robert's listening wearing, to this podcast, he's wearing. I'm wearing sunglasses, but my eyebrows go above the sunglasses. I know, but I can't rays. tell what you're doing because it's in the eyes. It's not in the eyebrow. It's in the eyes. Is you know, you like kind of like open your eyes. You know. There you go. I'm tired. Okay. I, I don't want people to see. For my everyone bags. listening later, Robert just looked into the camera, took his sunglasses down, and then kissed the camera. <laughs> That's that pretty that for you. sensual. Happy so Tuesday, you got, Warren. You gotta watch live. Warren, what else did we do the past? Oh God, week? we did a lot of stuff. So last week we missed this podcast because we went up to Norm's Norman's Rare Guitar and we got to film um, some content up there, which was super cool because none of us have been there, and it is such a staple for guitar connoisseurs. Andrew is showing his shirt right now. <laughs> He's got a pretty cool shirt that's a headstock. It says Norman's Rare Guitar. I got a shirt there too. Shout out to Angela Petrilli um, for bringing us up there. It's been there since 1975, and it is in Tarzana, California. If you guys like guitars, you need to go up there. Robert played a guitar that was like $16,000, and I think me and Andrew found a guitar that was like, uh, what was it, 25 or something? 28 or something like that. I think I knocked it when I put it back too. Don't tell anyone, but like (laughs) I've gotten way too comfortable. We've been into a couple stores like that. We did something for Emerald city in Seattle a couple uh, years back. And they have just like $50,000 telecasters sitting out on the rack or something. So I think we're getting a little too comfortable with old instruments. (laughs) I put it back and it just like knocked into something. I was like, Oh shit. But, but yeah, it was pretty cool. And uh, there's a lot of, you can get your hands on vintage instruments. Um, which is a whole thing. And I think I had heard because of COVID, the price of instruments across the board has gone up. So I think that makes right. sense why of some course. of these instruments are so expensive. But man, I got to say, I played, and I haven't played a lot of vintage basses before, but I played, it was, I think it was the jazz bass I was playing, or maybe it was the P bass, but it just felt so good in your hands. Um, some of those do really have an amazing feel to them that you can't really replicate. Um, Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, (laughs) are you going to pay eight grand for a bass that was, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, but it's still, regardless, it is an amazing store. It's uh, definitely somewhere that everybody needs to go. If you're passing through LA and you want to see some cool guitars, Mm -hmm. you may be, you may even roll in there and see some, you know, like celebrities. I know Jack Black was in there a couple weeks ago. Um, So you never know who's walking through the doors and that was really cool. And I'm sure you guys will probably see some of that footage soon. And then one um, one more note, if you're going, it's by appointment only. So you have to call before you come Uh, in. Right. Good call. Got to play a couple of sweet Gibsons, a couple of SGs, 335, vintage yeah, stuff. What, what, Amazing. What was your favorite guitar, Henry, that you played? Dude, probably that 335. Um, I played <laughs> two SGs um, that were really rad. Um, there was a SG Special with P90s and a Vibrola tailpiece and a really, really dope white finish with like a patina on it that we played in one of the videos. And then another video, I played a 66 uh, SG standard um, that was also excellent. But then I think that probably my favorite was this 1970 uh, ES335 with a Bigsby. And it kind of had this like pale cherry, like watermelon color finish to it. It was just like, I picked it up and I was just like, oh yeah, this is, I'm totally going to play this for a video. It's a super watermelon awesome. Watermelon sugar? Steve, it's <laughs> 
Is Kim shaking her head in the passenger seat, going like, "Yeah, yeah, like those are those are good guitars." <laughs> she's <laughs> <really> <laughs> she she saw the pictures on Instagram. She sent me a couple fire emojis. Nice. <laughs> Kim's a great Kim's a, Kim's a great guitar player, by the way. Amazing guitar Thank player. Oh, yeah, shredder, killer, absolute killer. We did do one other thing this weekend. We have to talk about at least a little bit. We shot a video. We or That's we true. were shooting a video the whole time. So Robert, what did you do on Friday? You have to describe. Oh yeah, I I forgot short. that even happened. Um, yeah. So I went over to Norco, which if you are not from Southern California, Norco. <laughs> Hold on, is... Robert. Sorry to interrupt. See Henry, he didn't have to argue with me when I brought up the thing that he did. <laughs> Robert just goes on and it's our story. It doesn't make a big deal. But it's our it. bit now. Yeah. It's our bit now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. So if you're not from Southern California and you don't know what Norco is or where it is, it's only about 40 minutes uh, without traffic from where we live, from Orange County. Um, but when you go there, it is a completely different place than what you would think about Southern California. It is a horse town, and it even says it on the signs. Um, the sidewalks are not paved. They have dirt because people can ride their horses wherever they go. Um, and uh, I've I've been to Norco a couple times, and I have ridden a horse to a bar, um, and then rode the horse back home. Uh, it's just very strange, but it's also awesome. You kind of feel like you're in a Midwest town, or you're in like a little town in Texas, um, but you're surrounded by Southern California. It's right next to Riverside and Corona, um, which just kind of has its own little pocket, and it's the Norco pocket, which is which I love. Uh, besides the heat. Um, but yeah, we went down there and uh, we got to shoot part of the music video, rolling deep in a '67 Chevrolet. Oh, which, uh, yeah. if you if you get that, I want I want you just to understand the reference. If you get the reference, then you'll understand it. I don't want to go too deep in that because that's just for you for you fans out there. But um, yeah, it was a it was a cool Nova, and um, our buddy John Chase, who is all over the internet uh, when it comes to cars. Uh, he's done TV shows and done a little bit of everything. If you're into cars, you probably already know the name um, and you know the brand Hoonigan. Um, I, I am so into cars that I already knew everything about it. So, um, but yeah, so we, he, he was super awesome. Let us uh, use an old car and we kind of put it around town and, and uh, everything else you'll have to wait to see the video for. Uh, but that's what I did on Friday down in Norco. And then we all got together and uh, shot some more pieces of the video on Sunday. And I don't know how much we want to give away other than that. It's going to be awesome. I'll give away a little bit. Uh, all right. <laughs> the guy who owned the company, cause this isn't really in the video owns a tow truck company and an ice cream sandwich company. <laughs> so there's a bunch of cars in the, uh, in the, uh, his lot and inside, and then there was just a bunch of like giant ice cream trucks, and uh, it's Archie's ice cream, and they do a bunch of private events around uh, California. So if you you know if you want to hire an ice cream truck for your wedding or your public event or whatever, uh, Archie's uh, ice cream. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, it was funny because uh, after we finished, we all got ice cream sandwiches afterwards. <laughs> it was ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> I felt like the like the little kid that like behaves for his dad, and then afterwards he's like, "Oh, if you if you're good today, you can get an ice cream sandwich." <laughs> I actually couldn't even tell you the last time I had an ice cream sandwich like that. I can't it had either. to have been it had to have been like fifteen years ago, a long time ago. And did you guys notice that he didn't call them ice cream sandwiches? He called them vanilla vanilla sandwiches. Vanilla sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "What's a vanilla sandwich?" I was like, "Oh, he's an ice cream guy. This makes sense now." Also, I have to mention there was a sweet uh, '70s Pontiac Firebird bar there. So obviously, I had to take the opportunity to take a picture with my Firebird guitar in front of the Firebird car. And that uh, photo is so was, rad, dude! It was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was I was nerding out about it. It was pretty cool. <laughs> and now I need to get a guitar in that red finish with the racing stripe on it. That'd be cool. Why you should get a car. You should get a Firebird. <laughs> I know. To make Adam jealous. Yeah. <laughs> he, had, he had a newer Firebird. He had like an early 2000s Firebird for a while that he got from his uncle. It's another story. But 
you know, speaking of uh, awesome and cool things. Really quick, Henry, big shout out to Archie's Ice Cream. Oh, for that's right. Having yes. us, and also Hampton Productions for helping us out with that video. Yeah. Oh, yes. 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 Yeah, thank you. John yes. And thank Ryan. you, Archie. And, and John Chase for the use of cars. Yes. And Ryan for sure. Uh, absolutely. And well, Ryan. speaking of awesome things and people working together and fun things and great stuff, I got a song for you guys today. Got a song. Uh, and uh, I was reminded of this tune last night because Neil Francis covered it. Um, the other cool thing about the show was he kept doing nods to like kind of like 70s funk like album tracks. And a lot of his song featured like uh, like hard funk grooves uh, in the music. Um, and they they busted this one out as kind of like it, it was almost like part of a medley. Like it was sort of like 15 minutes of nonstop music. Um, and they busted this out, and I was like, as soon as I heard the opening lick, I was like totally floored by it because it's off a really, really great record uh, from the late '70s. It's from Games, Dames, and Guitar Things by Eddie Hazel from 1977, and uh, this is the instrumental track from the album. It's called "What About It." Uh, I was reminded of its dopeness last night. It's a really, really great tune, and. Um, Hearing it get covered live by a guitar and a clavinet was a total, total treat. So uh, here it goes, guys. I hope you uh, enjoy this little ditty. It's a good one.
That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm not I'm sure a, I, I, like I, that. I know of Eddie Hazel until He's now. The, uh, he was uh, the original guitar player for Funkadelic. Oh, okay. Uh, he played on Maggot Brain and um, a few yeah. other records. He was in and out of his membership with Funkadelic uh, throughout the 70s, but he played on a few of their good records. I'll have to do something about them too. But um, but yeah, he was he was their <clears throat> original lead guitar player. Played on, He's famous for the solo on Maggot Brain and that whole record um, from 71. And he sang a couple songs on that record as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Was he also in Dr. Hook? Dr. Hook? I don't know. I'm just curious. I, I typed in Eddie Hazel to Discogs, and Dr. Hook comes up a bunch, but Eddie Hazel does it's, not. It's very possible. Um, well, we can get on that next time we do a history lesson. Yeah. I I, uh, <laughs> I don't know too much about him other than he was in Funkadelic, and he did that song. So. Well, I, I liked it. last night. I thought it was great. Yeah, it's a very groovy. It's probably it's a, a good, good driving song, right, Steve? Great record. Great driving song, man. <laughs> there you go. Um, Bruce and Amanda said that uh, we're, uh, you know, I feel like they're talking about Taylor Hawkins. I feel like we need to do a whole fucking episode, like an in memoriam episode that's not going to happen right. today. To, about that. I agree. It's, it's just a. Yeah. Uh, Same. I, it's. I, it is obviously a huge shock, and we can talk about it forever, but today's not that day, and we'll put some more thought into it and how we really want to accomplish that. So right. it's it's not something to just pass over. Yeah, yes. definitely. I agree. Rest in peace. Yeah, that's a huge, huge bummer. But just in the short term, I saw whatever was on Instagram texted directly to the band, and everyone sort of had the same reaction, if that's, yeah. you know, which is, yeah. Um. Anyways, we will we will do we will do like a full on thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um that being said, I think we're gonna do because we have Steve here another one of our album commentary tracks for Shine Light. What number are we on? Are we on I think we did Are uh, we on number three? I think we're on number, number three. three. I think we're on eight million love song, correct? Is that number three on the record? I don't even remember. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we've we've done Shine a Light on Me, Brother, and Every Day. Cool. I'm fairly uh, sure. So let's play the track. Yep. Ain't no sure. song. All right. Here it can go. be a tongue twister. Careful. One. <laughs> All right. Well Ain't no young love song. All right. Uh here you go. <laughs> Can't help. 
I'll take the beginning of this. Um, I came up with the chorus hook line for this driving on the way back home before Robert and Rachel got married. And I was thinking about those sorts of things. And uh, <clears throat> I think we brought this into the team with just that sort of hook and some ideas. And uh, the pre-chorus turnaround thing was the thing that our good friend Jeremiah Red used to do in every one of their songs. And that definitely <laughs> was influenced by our friend Ian Collin, who was in the writing room uh, doing those sorts of things. I think Steve and Robert and the rest of the team sort of filled out the rest of those verses a lot. And Steve definitely got that 67 <laughs> Chevrolet line in. Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> and so that was a cool, this is just supposed to be like a simple pop rock song and um, not be anything too crazy. And I feel like I, it's always a challenge to try to go like, what kind of song do we not have? I don't really want to write another rolling or another whatever it's really easy to just sort of repeat yourself and fall into the same groove so this is a drum groove that uh the band the gaslight anthem used to play all the time it's just like you know the dad not that 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 group's been around forever but they really like took it and that was their groove for like three or four songs is that uh thing so that was something we really hadn't done yet and so that was sort of the idea for this song uh yeah, and then the the thing I love the most is that it this song probably would not have been as good without those fucking background vocals. They make everything about the song. It's really hard to play live without the background vocals because they add so much. And I remember sending it to them before we got it back, and then getting it back after. And I'm like, oh god, this song just went from like a you know a six to like a twelve or whatever, you know. So uh, shout out to uh, you know. The background vocalists, they, you know, all those parts really killed the record for this. Uh, I do love the bass part on the verse. Uh, oh, yeah. You want to talk about that? Um, yeah, well, I kind of like thought of this song, like, kind of like, uh, like Andrew said, like a pop rock sort of thing, kind of like Kings of Leon-esque, which like has like a lot of like, driving just like uh eighth note da 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 you know like uh that's kind of what i'm doing but i do have that section in the verse that kind of the vocals stop out for a second and i can kind of like do a little like a little kind of licky thing and i feel like that kind of is my one moment to do something like that because everything else on the song is um is just kind of playing eighth notes consistently throughout the tune, which is great. And which is what, what that song calls for. Um, but I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a cool song too, because I think it's uh, our foot in that pop realm, which like, I feel like a pop songs for Robert John and the record, this song, um, like tired of drinking alone, old friend. Um, it's just another one of those songs. That I don't think you can really pigeonhole us into like, Oh, like it has Southern rock elements, but we still have the blues thing and we have all this sort of stuff it's just one like a uh, tentacle of what we could kind of sound like. And um, again, adding those gospel, the singers make it kind of have like a gospel feel to the whole track, which kind of brings it out of that, like Kings of Leon thing that I was saying earlier um, and kind of makes it our own unique thing. Um, and then again, just with this whole album, the singers and the horns and just the, I feel like shine a light on me, brother as a whole, has a sound that kind of is more consistent of like a whole uh a whole album sound it just kind of has this whole vibe and again i think the singers are a big part of that and some of the songwriting um so yeah um it was just a very driving consistent song and then um and then i know henry like even your approach to it was pretty like methodical of coming in going like hey this isn't going to be a, a crazy extension solo like it's like you have your sections to come in with some guitar riffs and stuff like that and i think we collectively knew it was going to be a quick two to three minute quick kind of pop song um and yeah henry i don't know if you could probably talk a little bit more about how you approached your guitar lines for this one Um, when i when i heard the song originally um that that lead line at the top it was like it was like a lightning bolt. Like I heard the 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 chorus in line, and, and I heard I remember I remember hearing the acoustic demo. Actually, you, you guys were all like probably drunk, playing you know banging on acoustic guitars, 
just seeing <laughs> chorus. Where are you? And I was like, and I was like, oh, like this is the lead line. Like this is the lead line for it. That thing at the top was like it was immediately like I wrote it like on, on the spot. I immediately heard the brown da 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 I immediately like popped into my brain, which I thought was really cool. And it's it's really special when stuff like that kind of falls together in that way. And the fact that I did it and everybody was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like it, it was uh, definitely great that it all, that it all worked out that way. Um, so yeah. And, and then there's like a little, you know, there's not too much going on. It's, it's way more of like a, you know, um, I, I was taking kind of a early heartbreakers with Campbell approach for sure on this. Um, especially when you hear, you know, on records like damn the torpedoes and things like that, he's very, very melodic, uh, extremely melodic. Like, and all the solos are pretty much written. There's not a lot of room for improvisation, but they're extremely memorable. Like you always remember, you can remember all the lead lines, you can sing them. And that was the idea with this was, was, you know, kind of going for, for that sort of thing. Cause it's, cause again, it's, it's just meant to kind of have hooks to sort of keep the listener engaged, uh, engaged in it. And, um, and there was a little fun part, um, that I put in at the end of the second verse that was, that was kind of more, more of a fun thing. Uh, I think it was like involving a tremolo pedal or something like that. And that was, you know, a different guitar and it's always fun to experiment with different sounding guitars. And, um, I think I just used an SG for the main, uh, main lead. I have a 61 SG that I use for the main lead. Um, but yeah, anybody else, uh, want to jump to yeah, in? I, one of the things that I loved about the song from the get-go was there's there's enough space to, like, pick your moments, you know? And I've, between the, the the melody lines and stuff that we came up with that later we felt the lyrics and the chorus and everything, like, there's these cool moments where it's, like, vocal and then something else. And, like, your ear just kind of keeps going back and forth between all these different things. The part writing on this one was really fun for me. Um, just getting to fill those holes and, you know, feel where, you know, Henry's going to do something and where it could be like a little keyboard thing, like in the verses. So there's a feeling that will never change. Bum, 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 bum. Like there's a perfect little trade off with all that stuff. It was a lot of fun, man. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad you said like early heartbreaker stuff because that's what I was going for with with piano too is just like keeping the keeping the piano just kind of locked with the snare and everything and, and staying out of the way and leaving things open a lot of fun man uh, the, uh, think, uh one of my favorite yeah, parts ahead. of this is when it breaks down into the, like just vocal and keys and then there's this really nice sounding acoustic guitar with the piano that just all blends together really really well yeah i love the acoustic in that one it's definitely buried but it Adds a lot. Robert, you're muted. <laughs> I think originally, you know, when, when we were like starting this song off was more, you know, we were, we were in the room with acoustic guitars and it, it wasn't, it didn't have that hit, that rock and hit yet. And I, I remember when, when we got into the room and, and we played it, you know, as if we would, you know, on a stage with everything electrified, it really brought that song into a new light. I mean, you, you can tell if the song is good from acoustically, but when you add the, you know, the rock element to it, it, it brings it to that new flavor, which I immediately went to Tom Petty as well. Um, because it was just that, that, that simple song with a great hook. Um, and, uh, also, I mean, I, I think, I don't know about you guys, but maybe Andrew, but this song, I felt like even, even like brought it up another tier. Um, because when Andrew asked Amanda to marry him, it was during this song. So this song, I feel like, yeah. every, I mean, it, it maybe it means That's nothing awesome. to Andrew, but um, every time I we play this song now, I, I remember that point and like remember like how awesome that whole exchange was and the fact that that we got to do that, you know, together and 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 you know everyone that was in the audience now, you know, maybe not, maybe they don't, but no, I think no, that totally. they think about I, that during during when they might hear this song again or anything like that. So I, it almost like makes this awesome song that 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 was a, a great piece of the record have even more impact when we play it again. And also like just in, in the future, because yeah. it has this other meaning behind it um, more than, 
more than just cool. That's a song on the record that we play sometimes, uh, which I think is, and I is love- part of the reason why songs are so awesome because they, they can be added to these different moments in life. And I think that's what makes the song even more special than, than just another track on the record. And I love the meaning behind this song too. I remember when Andrew brought it in and he was like, you know, like I want to have a song about like, you know, we're not young and stupid anymore. Like we know exactly what this is. We've been through life together. And I want a song about like, you know, like this, this isn't, you know, just some fleeting thing. Like, like we're, we've chosen each other and we're going to keep this going. You know, I thought that was a really beautiful sentiment. And, uh, with the 67 Chevrolet uh, lyric, when I wrote that one, I, I was focusing more. I know jack shit about cars. So I was focusing on like more of the alliteration. And uh, <laughs> our good buddy Robbie Boyd was like, hey, you know, like 67 was like a terrible year for Chevy. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that that was such a such a beautiful sentiment because it even made it make more sense. I'm not like I have my own faults and stuff, but like you got my heart racing like seven Chevrolet, not not like a '66 or a '68 where they were cool <laughs> years for it. Like, <laughs> or '57 was like the nice one. I was like, no, it's '67. Like, here we go. It's like I'm an I'm an old clunker, bro. <laughs> I thought that was a really cool cool thing, and it's been cooler now that that you got to uh, that you got to ride in one for the video. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was not planned. Well, I don't think it was. I mean, that was just a trip. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool to see it go from you know talking about your marriage and what you were going through to seeing it, you know, play through. You know, like you're saying, it's the power of songs to sort of like uh, live on forever, and that's like yeah. you know. I don't know how it's going to affect me or my life because I'm not even there yet, but it might mean something, you know, again to me and, you know, yep. <laughs> I'm going to start crying or something thinking yeah. about these things. But it's like, you know, if you have a kid or something and they play the song at their wedding or something like that, how, you know, fucking crazy could something like that be? Anyways. Um, things just get weirder and weirder. Yeah. And more awesome and more awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah. It was a... <laughs> You're making me think about a real emotional moment <laughs> in my life. And uh yeah, it's it's exciting, you know. Um and it it's crazy. And I hope, you know, it can affect other people in the same way that it's affected us, you know, even just in our small circle of yep. you know. Well, cool. That's Ain't No Young Love Song. And uh yeah, I hope you guys like it. And we might, you know, we're talking about making more videos and more stuff. So it might eventually get its own video. It might eventually do its own thing. Um, Cause the train's going to keep moving here. Or we might just do an acoustic video of it or something cool. But I feel like it's a, uh, that there's so many songs off of shine a light. We're almost like past that album cycle, but because of everything that happened with COVID and us not knowing whether we were going to go on that last tour or not, some of the stuff we had planned for that record got canceled for the tour. And so there's a lot of videos we didn't get to make. There's a lot of like songs on this record that we didn't get to highlight. And I hope we do get a chance, you know, a little more to highlight some more of these songs. Cause they're really good. I listened to the record uh, yeah. on the boat, like all the way through <laughs> on my deck at like, you know, 3am when the moon was on the, uh, <laughs> on the water and I was just like, God right. damn, like these, it's still like a really good record. And I'm, more proud of it now than ever, if that makes sense, you know, because when you're in the middle of it, it's just all fucking crazy and you don't know what's what, but (laughs) you know, um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to play more of these songs out and, you know, get more of this into the set moving forward. I think it's going to be cool. Sam. Yeah. All right. Well, what do we got coming up? We have two more shows in California. We have uh, this Saturday, we are playing in Paso Robles at Cal Coast Brewery. This is our first time up there and our second to last show, probably until October or November. Um, and then we're playing the Wayfair with Kilo Bravo and Great North Special. You guys are not going to yeah. want to miss that show. It's going to be amazing. It's our last show before we leave. Um, it'll probably sell out. So get your tickets ahead of time. Um, and you probably won't see us for like six months or five months or something. So 
If you want to see us before we leave, this is your last chance to do it. Come out, have a good time. Um, and then we are going to Europe for the, the rest of the spring and into the summer. Um, we have a million dates. Check them online. We're pushing them out right now. Um, and we have new music coming out, um, which you guys will hear about here pretty shortly. So there's never a lack of things going on in our camp. We always have a bunch of shit going on. Stay in touch. Stay connected. Comment, like, subscribe, yeah. share. Do all that sort of shit. Um, and we love you. And guys. we're recording guys? an we're recording a live record in Belgium on June 29th. So if any of you guys get a wild hair and want to come see us overseas and be a part of uh, of Robert John the Wreck discography history, um, there's tickets available for that. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be dope. It's going to be amazing. Don't miss that. Uh, come out. Have a good time. We'll see you wherever we see you on the road. And uh, take care and get wrecked.